cliffcentral.com. I want to go to George because George is always talking about electric cars, but with all this load shedding, I wonder if George has been stuck at home because he's a big electric car fan. Hey, George Meany, how are you? Hey, Hi, George. Hello, Trianne. <laughs> Hello, um, No, I actually haven't been stuck at home. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I suppose, fortunate to have uh, off-grid solar systems. So, uh, uh, well, so then, George. You see, you are... You really are a man of the future. This is where we, we need to be reminded of this on a weekly basis because a lot of people who think about electric cars go, oh, you're not there with this gun, blah, blah, blah. But the kind of people who are thinking about electric cars are thinking about providing themselves with uh, off-the-grid electricity too. So are you completely off-the-grid? I remember you told us once, but I've forgotten. Yeah, so, I mean, you can make a couple of mistakes. I made a few mistakes uh, in, in setting up the system. Um, uh, you know, initially, I, uh, I, I, I had the wrong inverters installed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't want to get into a lengthy discussion about uh, uh, inverters and, uh, and off-grid solar systems, but um, uh, you can end up installing the wrong inverters if you're going to go for cheap and cheerful. Um, uh, yeah. So, in, inverters have to have three outlets, gets a bit technical, but uh, mm-hmm. has to have to have three outlets. One of the outlets need to be able to supply your what's called your non-essential load. So usually when they put inverters and off-grid systems in your house, um, you've got the essential load, which is the plugs and the lights, and then the non-essential loads, which is your stove, your, your heavy-use stuff. Um, and most uh, solar systems only supply non-essential loads. So when the electricity goes off during load shedding, you've got lights and plugs. You can use the microwave, but you can't use the stove or the or the geysers. Or your um, hairdryer. Well, you can use a hairdryer, but it's going to put strain on the system, depending on the size of the inverter. I've got two well, inverters at eight kilowatts each. Let me tell you, Leanne has a very powerful hairdryer, so it completely saps the power from any inverter. Apparently, her hairdryer is huge. It used to be used by the women in Dallas in the 80s, then she inherited it. Uh, <laughs> it's that big. Uh, it's got the power of three three leaf blowers backwards. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, by the way, on that note, my leaf blower neighbor has uh, a generator. So even in load oh. shedding, even in load shedding, lucky me, I get to next door the whole time. And I've told you, their gardener is in love with the leaf blower. The guy's got an affair going on with that thing. All right, so Borge, what have we got going on this morning? Uh, tell us what's uh, what's happening. Um, yeah, so um, uh, you know, it was Halloween last month, no doubt, um, and uh, um, an, an American study. Uh, you know, America's America always conducts these interesting studies. An American study uh, came out that nothing uh, better proved, to do. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, exactly. Nothing better to do. Um, that proved that um, d- uh, uh, pedestrian death rates are up, mm. um, up to 22% wow. um, during Halloween. So, uh, oh, um, so uh, but, but the study went even further, and it proved that um, the day of the week that Halloween falls will determine how high the death rate is for pedestrians. This is for pedestrians, not for, not for cars. Oh. Uh, Cars knocking over pedestrians because you know you're walking around trick or treating. Mm. Um, and it turns out that Friday is the worst day to have Halloween. More people get killed wow. on a Friday Halloween than any other. Than any other day. Um, uh, best day to have Halloween yeah. actually a Saturday. Yeah, well, because there's less traffic, but 
But George, I hope this isn't like kids who are being killed because they're trick or treating. That would be even more horrible. Bad enough if, if it's adults, well, even worse if it's kids. Partly, partly kids. Oof. Partly is kids, Gareth. So yeah, that is that is uh, is very sad. So uh, so yeah, um, you know, maybe the world should move to uh, having Halloween on a Saturday always. Um, I, when I heard death rates on Halloween, I immediately thought heart attacks from people getting fights. <laughs> yeah, that, that is also a thing, by the way. That's also a thing. Um, we we know that you know a lot of kids are, are nervous about this stuff, and, and <laughs> they get nervous when someone goes boo, um, and then adults even get scared. Listen, some of these outfits are pretty damn terrifying. And I know Halloween was a couple of weeks ago now, but it can be really really scary um, when you see like you know these these famous movies like Hall- the actual Halloween movie or. Um, nightmare on elm street or whatever and some of these makeup jobs that people do are so good um i went to a halloween party and there were one or two people who'd gone all out like the outfit the makeup their hair it's um you know not and we're not talking sexy like you know slutty nurse or any of that stuff like really scary monsters and if i were a little child and one of those things answered the door i'd shit myself no doubt Jeez. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking for a photograph. I'll send it to you afterwards, Gareth. But okay. uh, one year, I dressed up as a vampire, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and 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 I got these contact lenses. Oh, uh, I can't find no. them. Scary. I got these blue. I mean, my, my eyes are already blue, and 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 uh, and these contact lenses. It looked like you could see through. Well, the other persons, uh, other people said, it looked like you could see through them. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. All right, so what else is in the news from a motoring point of view? Well, um, um, in Australia now, Australia, uh, Australia is um, uh, to the British Commonwealth what Florida is to the United States in uh, in uh, in Leanne's terms. Um, mm-hmm. So, in Australia, um, this seventy—I think it was a seventy-year-old man. Um, was snapped on a speeding camera on the bonnet of a car with his beer in his hand, uh, <laughs> doing 120 kilometers per hour. These speed cameras, of course. So wait, somebody else must have been driving while he was sitting on the bonnet. Oh, yeah, yeah, and the other and person ha- had a beer out the window. As well. at, at 120 k's per hour. Guess this. That's this old man was Jeepers. on the bonnet. This old so, man, uh, he was drunk. He was going. He was sitting on the trunk. <laughs> there we go. Nice. All right. Very good. But George, the, it seems so, to um, me, it seems to me, there's a lot of these speed cameras that pick up things they're not meant to pick up. It's a, it, now that we live in a society where you know Big Brother's watching you everywhere. Um, we're picking up on just how dumb and and crazy people are. Well, um, um, you know, we, we have we have cameras in our estate, and yeah. uh, um, you know, obviously, it's a public protection of information um, uh, challenge in some instances. But uh, there's some some of the stupid stuff that people do at two o'clock in the morning, uh, and and gets picked up by these cameras is unbelievable. Um, um, how, but, how do you uh, even hold or, on to a bonnet at that speed? <laughs> I don't understand. Some serious skill, actually. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> With a beer in there. Um, I think it's uh, 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 very dangerous. I mean, um, people I want, get up to strange things, I suppose. But maybe I should, just show, maybe I should show, show everybody the picture because that would be a good idea, right? Let me just see if I can uh, yeah. pull this picture up here because that's hilarious. And, and it's not an old, old man. How old is he? 
No, I thought he was 74. Uh, uh, they were doing 74 miles per hour, which okay. was 120 kilometers uh, per hour. So uh, right, that's incredible. Just, let, me, let me just put the so picture up so everybody, every, everyone can see this. It's, it's awesome. I mean, what, a, what an incredibly stupid human being. We, we know people do dumb stuff, but, but really, now that we have cameras everywhere, it's so obvious to see that people – we should just not be trusted. Guys, he's lying down. He's not even holding onto the bonnet, Leanne. I don't know how he managed to do this. Take, take a look at this picture. It's absolutely insane. Here's the guy. He's lying down. He's got his feet on like what? the front fender, which sticks up a little bit from the bottom. Uh, he's got his feet rest, pushing against the bull bar. That's how he's Jesus. holding on. Kind Still of. at 120 Ks an hour. And yeah, let's, let's just bear in mind, this is in Western Australia, huh? This this is not an American. You know, usually these crazy stories come from America. This is Western Australia, which obviously is also it's, it's the other side of, well, of Australia, not the not the rules it, and law and order side of Australia, the more the crazy lunatic side. I stand, I stand to be corrected, but I believe Perth is maybe the most isolated um, sort of major city in, in the Western world. I, I may be wrong. But because of how far they are from, you know, they're way out west. So it's probably somewhere mm. there. These didgeridoo, kookaburra, wurrawonga w- w- people. Oh. That's where most of the South Africans live. So perhaps he was South African. In, in, reading, in reading that story, like the, 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 the weird slang that Australia comes up with, I didn't know they call a beer a frothy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. A frothy, mate. A frothy. And, uh, uh, and you know, you, you know, like drinking and driving there. Um, well, it's just from my experience when I was there. Is like a, a, a traveler is just they call it a traveler. It's just a normal thing, like having a beer in the car. A traveler is like here. We like whoa. They drinking call it a traveler. There. Yeah. I was like Jesus, you bloody. Yes. You know, South Africa. One for the one for the road. South Africans yeah. go one for the road. Australians are like, now nah, I'm taking a whole six pack, mate. It's a travel. Like a travelers. Yeah, someone says here that um, it's a Ford driver. That makes sense. So clearly, Beth's <laughs> illiterate and not very, oh, not very nice. Oh, there there because it is a Bucky. I hope yeah. it's. I hope uh, it's yeah. telling a, you. I hope it's not a South African. That would be even more embarrassing. Let's just hope it's an Australian. When steering Pikachu makes a good point. Keep in mind, on a motorbike, you can hit three hundred k's an hour, and you're pretty much just holding on. That's a good point. That's true. So that's not. <laughs> yeah, but you, you clen- you, you, you're clutching onto the uh, onto the motorbike with your knees. <laughs> uh, you know. So. <laughs> All right. What else is going on? Um, so. Uh, um, uh, the uh, new cars by 2026 could have laws passed. This obviously uh, comes out of the U.S. as well. Mm-hmm. Could have laws passed to detect drunk drivers. So the the, the authorities might put laws in place that uh, that say um, if, if you want to um, have your car uh, um, legal on the road as an OEM. Um, your car has to be able to detect a drunk driver, which is interesting that uh, regulation is going in this direction. I mean, cars can already detect uh, sleepiness, which, you know, you've spoken about a lot before, Gareth, that, you know, in your opinion, and I agree with you, that uh, fatigue is probably worse than drunk driving, but it doesn't uh, uh, doesn't mean that drunk driving is not bad. It's just uh, fatigue is bad. So cars can already detect fatigue. But uh, but it might become a, a legal thing that cars have to be manufactured with something that can detect uh, a drunk person. Yeah, those are called eyes in Western Australia. You could just see the person <laughs> is drunk because they've got a frothy in their hand. 
but but you're talking about those Um, you're talking about talking about those devices that you know they're kind of they're in the car and the car won't start unless you breathe into it and you don't have alcohol in your breath yeah the big conundrum by the lawmakers at the moment apparently is uh, do they regulate uh the car uh you know so if you've uh, let's say you you start your journey off and you're not drunk and then you become drunk. Do they do they regulate the fact that your car has to be able to kind of disable itself or, oh, or something? I think there's more complexity. You know how drunk people are? They swear at things that aren't even alive, like a car, for example. <laughs> Come on, you piece of shit. Just start. <laughs> Imagine people getting angry. It's hilarious. Listen, I still, I still don't know how or why it's necessary for people to drive drunk. I used to do it. I, don't, I can't believe I did it. I felt like such an idiot. Maybe I'm just talking like this because I'm an old man now. But the fact is you can always get an Uber these days. You don't need to take the risk. Yeah, that's yeah. so true. There's uh, there's a lot of options. Um, you know, you don't need to. I I don't uh, I don't I don't drink and drive uh, even even with you know the minimum one beer. Mm. I mean, don't really drink yeah. beer, but uh, uh, I won't drink and drive. Full stop. Uh, well, it's just a my it's a mild Here's a suggestion: if anybody is trying to circumvent the law in this case, keep a kid in the boot just to blow and start the car. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's a problem solver right put, there put one of your children it's like, it's like your... I used to like driving around with my grandpa because I could park in the disabled parkings when he was with me <laughs> so great oh that's great alright anything else George um, yeah so uh, uh, two more things one uh, is um, UK is gearing up to make rare earth permanent magnets now let me give you the backstory. Um, rare earth permanent magnets, and you you probably know a lot of this, uh, um, Gareth, because you're you're into um, you know elements and mm-hmm. chemicals and stuff. Rare earth magnets are very strong permanent magnets and uh, and made of alloys. So you don't dig the magnets out of the ground. They're made yeah. out of alloys that um, come from rare earth elements. They've developed in the 1970s and 80s. These rare earth magnets um, uh, produce a significantly stronger magnetism mm-hmm. than other kinds of magnets. Okay. Now, the link to the uh, to the topic of the day is electric vehicles use permanent magnets in their electric motors. It's what makes the uh, 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 the car more efficient. Mm-hmm. And rare earth magnets then mean that the car uses less of its battery because the magnetism helps the uh, uh, the, the armatures uh, spin. So um, the UK walked away from manufacturing rare earth magnets in the 1990s because they just couldn't compete with China. Yeah. Now with the demand of EVs in the in Europe and uh, and the UK, the uh, uh, the UK is now thinking of re-generating uh, the, uh, the, the the production of, of rare earth magnets because of these EVs. So it shows you how electric vehicles or a change in transformation of a particular industry changes the economics in that country significantly. Sure. I mean, these rare earth uh, metals are also hard to come by, hence the, the term rare earth. But um, one of the elements they use is something called neodymium which is part of that alloy that you're talking about. And they do produce very strong magnets. They, in fact, they say if you swallow one of those magnets, magnets it could kill you because if the other one is on the outside, it'll pull it through your organs. That's how strong some Oh, my are. God. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't want to mess around with like these really super powerful magnets. Obviously, the ones we're talking about now are not like that. But some of these things are so strong and they use them in 
cyclotrons and, and all kinds of complicated equipment. But if we can use them in cars and they do a better job, why not? Exactly, exactly. And then, uh, and then very finally, uh, got a bit of an EV quiz uh, uh, for okay. anybody out there who wants to. Everybody has to make this little mind shift, and it's, it's little, um, um, and it's not as complicated as one might think. So how do you measure fuel consumption in a fossil-fueled car? Wait, we, we're doing this as a proper quiz now. Are you ready? Okay, here it is. What's it's, a fossil fuel car? It's the George Meany quiz. Da, 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 da. And here's your host, George Meany. Everybody, let's make some noise. Let's, uh, there we go. Very good. Fastest fingers first. How do you measure fuel consumption in a fossil fuel car? How do What's you a fossil fuel car? <laughs> like what you drive. What you drive. Oh. No, that's just a fossil driving a fuel car. You you measure it in I I want to I want to try. You measure it in how many how many kilometers or miles you get out of a liter. Per liter, yeah. Yes, that's yeah. Uh, that's one of the one of the ways to measure the fuel consumption in a fossil fuel car. Kilometers per liter of fuel used. Some people measure liters per 100 kilometers. So if you've got a 50 liter tank and you're doing 10 kilometers per liter of fuel, your car can do 500 kilometers on a tank of fuel. Sure. Simple, right? Right. So. Mm. How do you measure fuel consumption in an electric vehicle? Um, battery life. Watts per ba- squats. Battery life per, over time? Well, uh, uh, the, it's, 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 it's almost the exact same calculation, Gareth. So uh, um, um, you w- measure watt hours, mm-hmm. uh, k- kilometers per watt hour, or uh, kilowatt hours per 100 kilometers. So it's almost exactly the same calculation. And uh, people think it's very confusing. But, you know, if you really just sit and think about it for about three or four minutes, um, it's it's the same calculation. If you can okay. do uh, 25 kilowatt hours per 100 kilometers and you have a 90 kilowatt hour battery, you can do roughly 360 kilometers. Sure. If you do it the other okay. way around, four kilometers per kilowatt hour, um, and you've got a 90 kilowatt hour battery, then you can do 360 kilometers on the full charge of your battery. Right. Hmm. Okay, that's impressive. Any other questions? Uh, no, that's it. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, that's all I have this week. All right, so thank you very much for joining us on the George Meany Quiz this morning. We uh, love having you with us, and uh, our host, George Meany, is uh, going to prepare another question for you for next week. Yes, I know you're very excited about that. Thank you very much to our studio audience. For participating in the quiz and to three Anne Mole, uh, to Mbolelo Tinta, to George Meany, and from me, the co-host of the show, Gareth Cliff. We will see you next week for more. <laughs> Have a great weekend, everybody. Cheers. Be good. Cliffcentral.com.